This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Action Park Media. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. I hate to ask you to do anything, but if you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, rate, review, all of the above on whatever app you're getting it from. Today on American Glutton, I'm excited to have my friend Greg Grunberg. Greg is a film and television actor with a list of credits that goes on for a day and a half, so I'm not going to try to do it justice here. He is a wonderful guy. Greg recently underwent his own transformation, and we will discuss. Enjoy. Greg Grunberg, welcome to the American Glutton Podcast. Thank you, American Glutton. I appreciate it. Where's my swag? I'm only here for the amazing t-shirts, the amazing sweatshirts. Dude. It's in the mail. No, it's not in the mail. I'm going to hold you to it. Yeah. I mean, seriously, the podcast is great. You are amazing. I've loved you. We'll talk about, obviously, we have a mutual admiration society for each other. Yes. But man, do you have good merch. It's good, right? No, it's not good. It's really good. Thank you. Who came up with the name? My, um, the he, the name is tricky because uh, I wanted to call it the anorexic glutton, and and my wife was like, "You can't do that because you don't have anorexia." And I was like, "I know, but like I diet and I starve myself sometimes." And she's like, "Yeah, no, you can't. That's really." offensive yeah not good you can't do that and i was right. like well what the fuck what do i do and she and i and i was like 
I like the A and the G looks like an anarchy sign. Oh, yeah. I like that. I want it to be AG. I like glutton. I am a glutton. I can fucking claim that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like hiring. You can't. You can't have a character on a TV show or a film that isn't that if that character is anorexic, that actor better be anorexic. Right. You can't hire somebody and say, God forbid, you <laughs> right. just pretend you're anorexic. Yeah. No way. So you can't have that. Name. I couldn't. Yeah. I'm so the you're American. Of anorexic. You are American. I am. And you're a glutton. I tick the boxes. Fuck. Yeah. Come on. I'm not getting canceled for that name. <laughs> no, Although I will say, I think it unfortunately. Um, scares away some of the people some of the gals and i really want to talk to them and and i'm not not in any way that i would like attack them or contradict them even just to hear about um the healthy at every size movement i can't find anybody who's really deep into that who Mm -hmm. will sit down and talk to me because of the word glutton i think really you've reached out and yeah and they have said no, comfortable in their own skin. Lizzo, someone like I've that. I've begged Lizzo, but I don't expect Lizzo because Lizzo's fucking super superstar. So it doesn't have to be Lizzo, but just even like rank and file gals yeah. who are like, you know, even if you want to say like I'm uh, promoting diet culture, which I don't think I am, but but like, you know. If you want to come and tell me I'm bad, I'm even open to that. Like, I I would love to hear it, and the name scares them away, I think. Wow. Yeah, I don't uh, – if, if the, the biggest thing that I take away from this podcast and from you is just inspiration. Like, uh, you have to – I'm I, I'm proud. I'm, I'm down 53 pounds. Yeah, you look incredible. Well, I'm getting there. You look incredible. Thank but you. I, I you feel, look incredible. Thank you. I feel good. I really do feel good. I – I just yesterday I grabbed two twenty fives and I walked around the yard and I could not. Have you ever done that? Yeah. I mean, you 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 lift a lot, but I mean, wa- literally just walk around the yard for a while. Got on. I, I bought myself a new bike because I like to bike, and uh, I bought myself a new bike and it's lighter and it's kind of uh, represents like w- what I have done over the last you know three months or whatever. And I'm I, I'm like faster. I'm quicker. I'm more nimble. I can't, and I really this time. I know I say it all the time, but it's a it's a choice. It's a lifestyle choice. And you, to be quite honest, are a really you really are an inspiration. Where you just say, "Okay, I'm going to be as obsessive about this that I have been about other things in my life." I love old cars, right? There's so much of my mind, so much of of uh, of the time I spend thinking about. Okay, I've got you know this Tacoma. Toyota Tacoma. I got it in the shop right now. It's the transmission. I'm thinking about what it needs always, and I always know. So I'm on top of it. I'm aware. I'm conscious of it. Why can't I be the same way about what I eat, what I do? You know, and yeah. and I'm not working out um, like I want to yet because I'm still on such a low caloric intake. You know, because I'm still trying to lose, but still, it's just like. And I'm not again. It doesn't. It doesn't consume me. Yeah. But it's just like okay, and I feel good about it. Yeah. You know. And the beautiful thing I think about like with your cars, ten years from now, you'll still ha- you'll still retain that will still be inside of you. And so whatever kind of um, structure we build for ourselves around diet and exercise and health and and educating ourselves on what food is and how we can use it that's something that you know because i think sometimes the idea is like god it's overwhelming i just want to do 
a simple trade. I just want to do like, okay, I'm just going to cut out um, whatever it is, bread, and that'll be it. And and like maybe you're not going to get to your goal and have it sustainable just cutting out bread, right? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe somebody did. But but like all every piece of knowledge that you add and then you put into use, you're going to have that. So like this idea of how complicated it can be and how much time and and energy like imagine the amount of knowledge you have about cars today versus the first time you ever thought about it where yeah. you like i know nothing but i'm interested in cars let me get let me look into this and cut to today you're thinking about minutia in a totally different way yeah yeah well i'll tell you that might be one of the things that scares people away from coming and sitting down with you i've known you for a long time we're yeah. friends that's different. I know whatever. We'll talk about whatever. But you really have educated yourself in, in, a, in a compl- at, at a completely different level. So there are, there are moments where I'm, educate, I'm getting educated listening to you, and I'm like, I can't be part of that conversation. <laughs> like, I just don't know. I don't know enough about nutrition. I don't know enough about the things. But I'm pulling from it. So there is a learning curve. There is a, there, you know, there's an intimidated, intimidation factor to cars. Yeah. I don't know how to work on cars. But I know enough over the years. I've paid for enough. I work with my, you know, I have a mechanic that's just the sweetest, and I come in and I work with him or whatever. And over the years, I've I've developed the knowledge. The same is true with diet. Yeah. You just have to just baby steps, man. If you, the first thing I did um, a couple of months ago was I just said, all right, I can't eat in my car anymore. Right. That's it. That's a. F- By the way, for I mean. Especially Los Angeles, where we're so car centric, where life basically doesn't exist outside of some kind of uh, vehicle transportation, whether it's the bus or the car or something like hard to exist in California or Los Angeles without that to excise that from your life is a big fucking deal. That was a huge one for me, too. Yeah. And I found a joke in it because I said someone was like, oh, are you are you on a low carb thing? And I was like. And, oh, a no-carb thing? And I went, I heard a no-car thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I, yes! Yes, I am! Right. If they sell it, if you can buy it while not getting out of your car, without getting out of your car, if you can buy food, that's not the food for you. You know, they say the supermarket don't, you know, you, you have stay to. Stay on the uh, outside. Stay right. on the outside because the stuff in the inside, there's no electricity plugged in to the inside of a store. So they're not keeping things fresh and cold. The freezer, yeah, but most of that stuff, right, is processed and yeah. terrible. So all the fresh stuff is basically on the outside same thing it's true if you can buy it i don't care how healthy it is dude if, if you're able to stay in your car and eat that food it's not good for you right and yeah. it's and it's addictive and it's too convenient you know i had the exact I, I i literally did the same I, same thing like i i'm i'm all about breaking down like looking for places in my life that were tripping me up and allowing me to not stick to whatever plan i was on and the car was a big one and then I found myself like eating in my car after the gym and I was like, oh, fuck, I'm breaking this rule. And and I went like, it's OK. I made this food. Right. I was going to say I know exactly what's in it. I'm not going to get too down on myself about this. This right. the, the the idea remains like, yeah, I'm not pulling up to anywhere and having somebody hand me food. That's right. done. Right. Right. Exactly. And and also. I mean, there's just, I don't care how healthy these places are. Um, you know, Kevin Smith is a buddy of mine, right? And you know Kevin, I'm sure. Have yeah. you had Kevin on the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's I mean, an animal. Oh, he's an animal. And his his story of his heart attack, Yeah. talk about inspiring. I mean, yeah. that's crazy, right? But he talks about, you know, going vegan or vegetarian or whatever he is. 
some of those places they're not healthy, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. I go to the like I haven't, but since I did this, but you know the veggie grill or the is it called a veggie grill? Veggie grill, yeah. yeah veggie grill. It's fucking McDonald's for vegans, right? Yeah. How is that healthy? I have a whole thing with veganism where, like, you say veganism to me, and I go, "That's gotta be healthy because you're fucking just eating plants, right?" And then, like anything, like keto's gotta be healthy, except you can make keto bagels out of pork rinds and and you know lard or something like this, right? And you go, like, that's not the intention, you know? Of course, you know, if a vegan wants to eat a double cheeseburger that's all plants. They're going to figure it out. It's going to taste delicious. Yeah. And with tater tots and like some aioli that's all still got no animal shit in it. And it's like, that's not healthy. No. I mean, a time is probably is fine to have it occasionally is fine. But if you're if you it like, yeah, Kevin was like, yeah, I went vegan. And then I was just eating vegan ice cream all day. French and like, fries. Wait, yeah. What are you doing? You can't. It's not. Pizza. Right. What's your goal? Is it just a moral thing where like it doesn't matter how it physically affects me as long as I'm not eating anything that touched animals? OK, by the way. I read something really traumatizing recently that PETA is okay with humans consuming humans human milk. I, they didn't go so far as saying cannibalism, but it was like a black market breast milk, and they were making cheese out of it for <laughs> serving oh milk. And PETA was like, God. "Yeah, this is fine. Oh my, this is God. fine. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. I look. I did something the other day, and I had to take it down. Um, I love." love grilled octopus like love it it's, it's so good yeah. and i was intimidated by it it was the, this restaurant in malibu where um taverna tony's have you ever been there mm -mm. oh it's like it's greek and of course greek you know it's seafood and they're on the coast or whatever so this restaurant they serve it as an appetizer and it's something that my boys and i we love it so i'm like you know what i'm not going to be intimidated by this let's try it so you, you look up a youtube video and they're all the same. And boil it for an hour. I mean, you have to cut the head off and all that stuff. Boil it for an hour. Water and uh, red wine vinegar. It it softens it. Then you grill it. And I spray a little, you know, uh, olive oil on it just a little bit. But it burns off on the th – I'm really kind of aware of all that. Yeah. But it's so delicious. Meanwhile, this movie is out. About My the, octopus the, teacher. The cute, friendly octopus. Yeah, brilliant. Like right. that, that strokes the guy's face. And yeah. it's like, wow. They become really, friends. They become friends. And you that's where – and I'm not guilt – I don't feel guilt with this stuff. But I also buy uh, – Bow Creek Farms is this farm that I've in, – in Pennsylvania. And I get their organic meat from there. And they send you a postcard with your shipment saying – this is the cattle, right. and it's got a name. Yeah, it's like so. My son said to me, "He's like, is that the is that the barometer? Like, don't eat something that has a name." Yeah, I, I the first time I went to Japan, I sat down at a fancy steakhouse, and with the steak, they brought a picture of the cow and the four men who were like uh, stationed with the cow. Like this one cow had four dudes taking care of it, and they would massage it and oh feed it, and like the cow was in heaven. And I remember looking at this picture like, I don't really want to eat this now, you know? <laughs> exactly. I had another... This cow is in heaven. Right. Like, literally the, in heaven. The cow couldn't have been happier. And here is the final product is this delicious steak. I was eating. There was a restaurant in um, Madrid. Oldest continually operating ovens. I think the ownership of the restaurant has traded a number of times because it's like the ovens are like 700 years old wow. or something like that. Yeah. And they serve... Uh, roast suckling pig and roast suckling lamb 
kind of those are the two specialties. Fantastic. I happened to go there while my wife was pregnant with our now 16 year old daughter and I'm sitting there eating and I've basically been served two two babies right. on plates. <laughs> the lamb at least they cut the head off. The pig still's got its head, but these are tiny little nearly fetal animals oh. that are served to you and uh, you know, a few bites in, I can't help but just think about this thing inside my wife. And I was yeah. like, I'm sorry, I can't eat this anymore. I want to. And I've been back since. Once my kids were grown, I was like, fucking bring it on. I'm yeah. not just thinking about babies. Do you babies. have a 16-year-old? Right. Yeah. Possibly. I want the whole pig. Yeah. I can't do the baby right, right. now. Anyone with a driver's license, bring me that pig. Yeah. That I Yeah. I, I really have never had a problem, but th- I watched this movie. So then- I, and the timing was crazy, and my cousin Carol is like, she's the greatest, and, uh, and so she uh, sent me this thing, and she's like, you have to see this movie. Like, it, it's going to change your world about, I mean, you just don't think about how smart they are, and they're, they're like <laughs> dolphins, and this, and they're brilliant, and whatever, and they're so emotional in their eyes, and they make, huh? so I'm watching the movie with the plate oh my God. that I had just made, and I had this picture where I'm, it's kind of a rack focus kind of thing, like, it's on the TV, my feet are up, I've got the bowl, I've got... <laughs> cauliflower rice and pieces of oh my god it's so delicious yeah. what i've just made and i sent it out and i just people got people were pissed oh people were pissed and not not it's not like a million people were pissed but there were a lot of people in the backlash and i just took it down i'm yeah. like it's not worth it yeah it's not worth it i have made octopus since four or five times yeah i just can't stop making it i love it octopus is such a weird one because they are ridiculously smart <clears throat> you know mm-hmm. I, I, I at the end of the day i think the way we view food and we get and and like look i'm not advocating that we eat dogs i'm no, not no but when we hear about other cultures that do and we get so offended and it, and it's just like well you know cows are sacred in india you can't like you can't move a cow out of the road if the cow stands in the road the cow is there have you have you been to mumbai no okay you have to go. But like cows, you don't eat They're cows They're on the there. sidewalk. Yeah. They're chained to a pole outside of a holy site. Right. Like that's what they do. And they're, and there's somebody, they're watching them and they're covered in flowers. You're 100% right. I was blown away. By the way, Mumbai, it's terrible what's going on right now over there. Oh, with the with COVID. The pandemic. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 it's so sad. I just was blown away by how... You ever go somewhere? You've been all over the world. You go somewhere. I'm, I'm off on tangents here. But I love it. I just was – I'm always so blown away by that Disneyland feeling. You go somewhere, and they're moving a million miles a minute. Yeah. And you think, this doesn't end when I leave. This isn't Disneyland. They don't turn the switches off. They don't go, thank you for coming, Mr. Grunberg, and yeah. I leave. It's nonstop all the time. It's going on right now. I mean, I was standing there, and there's these guys walking down the street, and I was like, wow. So you could just tell power. That's power walking down the street. And I was with a businessman. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a, he's a billionaire and blah, blah, blah. Right next to him is a cow. Right to my right is a kid taking a shit on the <laughs> sidewalk. And I have footage of it. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. I shot it. I'm like, this is – it's crazy. That kind of stuff that just doesn't stop. That And the different – this is why I love traveling. I just yeah, love too. seeing – all these people that are that are living different places, different lives, we're all coexisting, yet we're all so separate and doing it so differently. The first time I saw a kid take a shit in the street in China, I was pretty thrown off. Were you hungry? I wasn't hungry. I My <laughs> wife and I saw a lady holding a kid, and the kid had no had, like, crotchless pants. And we were like, 
that's weird. That baby, not quite baby toddler, has just a open-air ass. Wow. And then the mom set the kid down. It squatted, took a shit. She picked it up. There was no wiping or cleaning. Yeah. And, and this goes against some information I had, but it might have been from um, from a, a fictional book where I thought the Chinese were the first people to wipe their ass. Like, the use of paper hmm. was very early. Um this is from like uh where in china was this beijing wow. like like outside a mall in beijing <laughs> not not like rural at all and then we were so startled by this but then like started seeing paintings of kids with crotchless pants and Interesting. It, it was like it's a thing yeah they shit in the street um maybe we're doing it wrong uh, maybe we are i don't know there's got to be something to hygiene though that that yeah. you want to keep fecal matter away from people but but i don't know maybe we're just too too removed from bacteria and we need to get a little bit closer with it well that's for sure yeah. i mean you have four kids right yeah by your fourth you know like my my mom is just still not still because my boys are big they're adults but I remember when I was raising the kids, she's like, you're going to let them go outside barefoot? Right. What are you doing? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't want, you can't raise sterile kids. Right. They won't be healthy. Yeah. They have to build you up an to immunity to these dirt. germs. They have to eat dirt. Of course. Yeah. But when you go to these other countries, I'm just saying, maybe if you're stepping in it and, uh, and, and walking amongst it and it's, you're breathing it in. I walked, you know, with the homeless problem is just so terrible right now. I, I'm on my bike yesterday, and I'm riding, and I'm like, I'm going to extend my ride a little bit, and I'm riding, and all of a sudden, I'm down, going down an alley, and it's just urine and fecal, and you just smell it. Now, if you can smell it, what coronavirus has taught me is that it's it's out there. It's floating in the air, so that's got to be germs. I'm not just smelling a scent that doesn't have germs, and I was like, oh, boy, this is— I had a weird theory about this because, you know, you lose sense of smell or that's a fairly typical side effect of, of COVID. And I started thinking the Chinese were doing anal swabs, which I didn't read too much about that, but I read one article that said now they're doing anal swabs. And 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 my idea was literally just that um, the loss of smell is this virus's attempt to get us to be— less repulsed by the smell of shit because maybe that's a real easy way for it tra to transfer itself from person to person. And oh, yeah. as you said, in the air, when if you can smell shit, particles of shit are going into your body. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You know what? The other thing that I thought was really fascinating is that University of Arizona, I don't, I'm sure you heard about this. They were analyzing the uh, sewage that was coming out of the dorms to see, and they could pinpoint it to the room where COVID was. Where COVID was. Wow. So they were they were the water or you know whether the sewage was coming out. They were saying someone in that dorm has COVID. We, they were stopping it, like they, I, I, however they were doing it, which I thought was just fascinating. Yeah. You know, it's like so you can maybe going literally upstream to right. see who was infected. Right. You know, um, and everybody around you safe. Everybody fine. From, yeah. Every, yeah. Everybody's fine. Um, I had it. Oh, you did? I had it. <clears throat> and then, I, you know, looking at the, the it gets very complicated. I, I think from the data I've looked at, there doesn't seem to be a huge benefit in vaccinating after you get infected. However, they are telling everybody, just get vaccinated. And when I talked to an epidemiologist about this, he said one of the fundamental principles in epidemiology is people lie. And I was like, well, explain that to me. He said, well, 
it's not even necessarily intentionally, but your your aunt who had a bad cold in March and is sure she had COVID but didn't get tested, she needs the vaccine because the bad cold might not have or could most likely not have been COVID. Like I remember when it first happened, I had 10 friends who all were like, I know I had it. Mm-hmm. And then none of them had it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I remember I remember looking back going, wait a minute. They say this thing came over in February. Right. I, I, w- I had a really bad cold in January. So I think I had. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah so there this, were a lot of people like this, that. I think I had it spreads and then you wind up getting all those people because if they come out and they say there's no huge benefit to getting vaccinated after you've been affected if they say that suddenly a shitload of people are like well i don't need to get vaccinated yeah yeah. whereas if their job is to go like what's the absolute safest thing to do Mm -hmm. is all those people whether they think they had it or not get vaccinated yeah plus we know so little i mean how long does your do the antibodies last with someone that has had it as compared to how long does it last with someone that gets a vaccine? And and they're talking about boosters already. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like antibodies are a sign that you're in proximate, uh, that, that your body has figured out how to fight it, right? right? But if the virus is no longer present, the, the body doesn't need antibodies. The body's ability to create antibodies is there. Once it learns how to make those antibodies, it should always have. So the only thing that we would be kind of in trouble with is variations, right. which the, the 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 vaccination is no better at fighting those no. variations than your body if it's been infected. The, right. the ability to create antibodies is there, whether you still have them or not, just as kind of how recent you were fighting the infection yeah they're fighting they fight cancers the same way they put uh in your lymph nodes they'll create an army that are very familiar with the type of cancer that somebody has and they inject it back into your so it's like this army that's just waiting so if that you know cancer should come back in an aggressive way they'll they'll attack it it's it's what you're saying right so once we have it in our system then we we can fight it. But you're right. So many we didn't have this thing two years ago. No, and we already have a vaccine. I mean, that's it's very promising for someone like myself, whose oldest son has epilepsy. Right. right? Um, that's my thing. That's my cause. I cannot. I'm gonna when let's is this, talk about it. When, yeah. When is this gonna air? By the way, talk about it is my that's foundation. Yes. Yeah, yes. Thank you. You're, you're dude. You you don't miss the thing. Yeah. You're right there. Um, I I don't know because I'm not in charge of that, so I don't think we should give dates. Okay, no, the reason I ask is because I just shot something that you and I, you are going to really appreciate this. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> for people that don't know, so my oldest son, Jake, our oldest son, Jake, um, um, he started having seizures when he was seven. He's 24, 25 now, 25. I can't up. believe that. The last time I saw Jake, he was a, a little kid. I know. I mean, not little, little, but like a teenager. Yes, yes. And um, he, uh, so you got smaller, yeah. he got bigger. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Jake started having – so at seven, now people that don't know, and we didn't know back then, uh, seizures take a million different forms. And some, some – so he just started daydreaming. So like for five seconds, he would just kind of stare at something, and then he, and they're called staring spells or uh, absence seizures. And what that really is – and for people that aren't watching right now, I have two fingers pointing at each other about six inches apart – there's electricity going between those two fingers. That's how I'm seeing you and talking. This is the electrical activity in my brain. Two parts of the brain are teaching and talking to each other. So as soon as the electricity goes, so one point goes up, the other goes down. Now they're not connecting. That's why somebody shakes. That's why somebody stares. 
until that electricity goes back, okay? Dr. Drew on my website, um, on you know, I'm going to get you to do a PSA for me as yeah. well. It's just like all these people are helping me. We ask these questions, and that's the best way to describe it. It's just an overactivity and over um, uh, too much electricity in the brain. So when he was when he was seven, he started doing these having these staring spells. Teachers would say, uh, "He's ignoring me." He's you know, and we found it in the car where I found it to be a trigger for him back then. If you watch somebody's eyes when they're looking out the window of a car. Our eyes just dart. We catch different things, and it's really interesting. You can't make yourself do it, but you're, you're, you know, that repetitive kind of sweeping of the eyes, catching, catching, catching. I think was put bringing on seizures. He would ignore us. We talked to him, and then suddenly he would. I'd be like, Jake, come on, buddy, what are you doing? And so, as as a parent, I would reprimand him. Yeah, I'd be like, buddy, I asked mommy, asked you a question. What's going on? So, um, at a seven year checkup. The doctor said, any issues? And we said, yeah, you know, he, he's been doing these kind of staring and whatever. And he said, okay, Jake, hyperventilate. So Jake made himself, he asked Jake to breathe, breathe, breathe. And then all of a sudden, it, the seizure, it wasn't just a seizure. He would nod his, he was nodding his head. So, uh, yeah, and hikers <clears throat> that hike up, you know, high altitudes, the lack of oxygen at a high altitude will bring on a seizure. Okay. So there's something called Diamox that they can take, and it convinces your brain you have more oxygen than you do. For for hikers, they'll take it on. I, I don't. I, actually, I'm not exactly sure. Hikers out there don't take this because of that. Right. But but anyway, that's one of the medications. So over the course of the next few years, we, you know, most people that have seizures they respond to the first medication. Seventy five percent, twenty five percent are drug resistant. A DRE, drug resistant epilepsy. That's what Jake falls under. So you then you hope to get to an epileptologist and a pediatric epileptologist that is also a pharmacologist, somebody that knows. And doesn't overprescribe because these medications are heavy, dude. They're really heavy duty, and they they have so many side effects: weight gain, hair growth, uh, you know, all. And then then it's the brain, so you're dealing with neurological things and 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 um, uh, you know attitude changes and aggression, and, and it's it. So you really have to get a handle on it. it. And I tell people that that if their child or their husband, the wife, the brother, sister, whatever starts having a seizure, you need to run, run until you find what works right um jake had a cocktail over the last years he's had two brain surgeries one we did uh because they found a, a spot where it was you know uh, localized and it was coming from so quickly and spreading to the rest of the brain and how did, did they do this by like looking at the brain and inducing a seizure yeah so Oof. uh first of all when you take your child or your whoever you go to the doctor for an overnight eeg at the hospital they bring your medication down because if you go to the hospital and you don't have seizures, what are you, what are you doing? Point, it's like going to the mechanic yeah. and saying there's a noise and he doesn't hear it, so or she doesn't hear it. Um, so uh, uh, they take the medication down. Plus, you have to be sleep deprived. So when he was a child, the f- most frustrating thing was like being at Denny's at two in the morning, trying to get chocolate in him, trying to get something that would stimulate him. You know, a seven year old, nine year old doesn't have coffee, mm-hmm. so you're like, uh, and all these people and being. A recognizable face, people would look at me and go, "What's a terrible Grunberg? Yeah, he's right. terrible. What's he doing? It's got two kids forcing sugar on the kid in the middle of the night, <laughs> right at Denny's right. of all. Anyways, or so. they're thinking like, "That's a that, what a dad, <laughs> exactly. What a cool guy." Yeah. So, um, anyway, over the course of all this, uh, it's been the car wash or the roller coaster of of epilepsy. It's terrible. Epilepsy doesn't present unless you have a seizure. So. That normalcy is what's frustrating. I wouldn't trade it for having my son in a wheelchair, God forbid. But at least when you see someone and you can say, 
you know, if you see someone in a wheelchair, by the way, and you're watching, you're listening to this, ask them what their issue is. Don't look at them, then look away when they look at you. Nobody wants that. Right. Say, why are you in a chair? What's up? What do you got? I mean, th- th- come on. Yeah. It doesn't define them, but at the same time, no one wants to be stare. We get that all the time. Someone goes, is that Ethan? Is that, that's my favorite? Oh my God, I love that. They look away. It's right. like, dude, yeah. I see you looking at me. Right. We can say hello. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyway, so he had he had a surgery at Rush Medical Center in Chicago. 90% of the seizures cleared up. But because we didn't – surgery is the last resort. So after five years – oh, and to answer your question. So normally they, they put leads on the outside of your head. When you have surgery, they open up your skull and they put the leads on your brain. And then induce the seizure? Uh, yes, and they analyze, in Jake's case, how much of the brain can we remove? So where, where the, the, uh, first of all, they need the seizure and they need to see where it starts, where it's localized and where it's spreading. Then they need to see what that area is actually doing and controlling and can, and how far can you go? The thing that fascinated me so much was, and it was, it's, it's the worst memory i have as a as a, an adult i just wanted as a parent i just want to trade places with him you know your skull is off the leads are on his head they put the skull pieces back on they wrap his head so he's got this big you know all these bandages on his head and he's just sitting there and then they and then they're waiting and these as he's having a seizure they're analyzing it and then they do a thing where they go okay we're gonna test this out and they look at me and they go they they indicate they're gonna make him cry Oh. And they push a button, and he starts crying. And then they say they indicate he's going to laugh. And they don't want him to know. And then they push a button, and he starts laughing. Like, they can control. So they're they're seeing what it is. And Jake, are the bottom of your feet hot or cold? He's like, ah, ah, hot. It's just from stimulating these different parts of the brain. And then they see how much they can take. They, they did something called an F1 resection, which is about the size of you know, your uh, fingernail. And they took that out. Um, and I kept saying, don't take his, per-, you know, his, his sense of humor. Just don't, t- don't take yeah. that, whatever. But they're really, really good at what they do. They did another thing, which is fascinating. They put an apple in his right hand, and they said, Jake, what is that? And he said, that's an apple. They're like, okay, and they put it in, put it in your left hand. Jake, what is that? And he was like, uh, I, I don't, and he couldn't say it. Right. Because they were, they were stimulating and blocking, and, you know, they're just incredible. And yet they know so little. They know so much. They know so little. The brain, the brain, and the and the micro gut biome. These two things. It's like you can look at a heart attack. You can know all the reasons for a heart attack. Plaque. This stress. Right. All this stuff. It. It's a weird valve defect. And and it's kind of easy. Even with like stuff like bacterial infections. It's like. This antibiotic goes in and kills bacteria, so it kills that. We can see it from start to finish, and we understand it. There's shit with the human body that just, I think we're like in the dark ages about still, you know? Yes, yes, especially when you're told, and, and, you know, I'm at these teaching hospitals. All hospitals are teaching hospitals, right? So um, the specialists come in, and then this group of students come in, and you hear, you can't help it, you're sitting there, and they say, okay, so as you can see, the brain is beautiful. Like He's got a perfect brain, no lesions, no seizures, uh, no, no tumors, nothing, no scar tissue, no nothing. And you're like, great, my son's got a perfect brain, and yet he suffers from seizures. It's right. very frustrating. Yeah. you know. Um, and you know, my podcast, by the way, talk about it. Yeah. 
people listen, listen to it. Um, I have I have tons of people like you know Ethan will be on it or whatever. We talk about other things because everybody's got something. Yeah. That's the thing that I teach my son and, and that he's taught me is that everybody's got something. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. Talk about it. That's why I'm trying to remove the stigma associated with epilepsy. Yeah, I've been now contacted by CDC and others where it's like, you've done this great work for epilepsy. Can we help anti-vaxxers? Can we help this community, that community? Because we all, we all should just be open. With seizures especially, if the more you talk about this with people around you, God forbid my son has a seizure and his baseball coach or his people at work, you know, he, he works on production now. If, if everybody in the crew knows what to do, he's safer. Yeah. Because the seizure is not going to hurt him 99.9% of the time. What hurts him is the fall and the, the you know, the concussion, you know, hitting your head on the, on the ground or, you know, the CTE that can potentially happen from getting hit all the time. So anyway, this week, though, I want to talk. And by the way, Jake's now 25. He's doing really well. He's on, um, you know, uh, medication, but his medications have been brought down a little bit. There's now CBD. Um, Does that help? Oh, in a huge way. Great. Huge way. But under a doctor's care, um, I never went down the route for him. He never went down the road of, you know, um, of uh, edibles and, you know, the brownies and this. Because you can't, you don't really know how much. Yeah. They, they're pretty good now, but I don't trust it. Um He's on a. Uh, I think for the, I think too at that point, like the brownie to me sounds like fun for somebody who's going to a movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if if we're talking about treating something with the brain that that you know, because sometimes they're like skimp a little, and sometimes it's a heavy pour into the thing. I, I, That's exactly right. You know. Yeah, and you got to be careful, especially no matter what condition, because they're now finding that you know he's on something called Epidiolex, and and it's a it's uh, this company called Greenwich. They 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 have the first FDA approved medication that is um, cannabinoid, you know cannabinoid. Oh wow! So they're exploding because it's helping so many different you know ailments, so many different conditions and diseases. Um, but what's important is to know that you're already on medication. You're not going to take it's it's going to be an addendum to right, right, which is going to magnify the other medications and make them work even more. The most important thing for Jake is Jake has nocturnal seizures. So if he, first of all, if he doesn't get a REM, REM sleep and deep sleep, he's not, he's going to have seizures the next day because you need sleep. Um, triggers for anybody with epilepsy is lack of sleep and, uh, you know, stress. And, and um, you know, if you're, gonna, if you're tired, you're going to have seizures. It's just yeah. the way it is. So you need to get a good night's sleep. So he takes it at night, he does medication at night and in the morning. Um, so this week, so I get a call. This is my big secret that I, uh, I'm so excited. I just finished shooting. Um, imagine you're in my situation, right? And then you get a call from uh, um, Jennifer Love Hewitt is a, one of my close friends, and she's just the, the greatest. She's on a show called 911. The show is run by this guy, Tim, who is brilliant, really great writer. And uh, he, he calls and says, hey, you're a friend of Love's. Um, I wrote this role. It's a true story. And um, I, this isn't going to air this week. So No, I'm, no. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so. So I can blow the, the lead here and talk about it. But true story about a guy whose son fell into a seizure that is known as status. Status is where it's rhythmic and it doesn't stop. Oof. The seizure doesn't stop. That's happened to Jake a couple of times. We have, we have medications like an EpiPen sort of thing, um, and it, it'll, uh, it'll snap him out of it, right? We put this medication by, under his tongue or we give him more CBD or whatever. 
but uh, it's very, very rare. So in this case, it's a real situation, and the kid fell under, grown kid, fell under a seizure, went into a coma, was in the hospital, and his, his dad knew his son was going to pop out of it. And they were doing something called terminal wean, where they were just taking the oxygen off. This they were like, we, we did everything we can do. And he goes, I don't think you did. You did. And they said, Sir, I'm sorry, but we're doing this. And he takes a gun out and holds the ICU hostage. Wait a sec. I, are they allowed to do that? Take you off? Yeah, like especially with a kid. There, there. When there's two parents, I think it was and a two one parent, parent thing. was going like he's done. Not done, but we've done everything we can. Right. I mean, he's showing all the signs, all the breathing, all of the brain act. There's no brain activity. He's his. He's brain dead. Right. And this is literally just because the two circuits are maligned. Yes. Right. And oh maligned for so long. So, by the way, there's something called SUDEP, which is sudden unexpected death in epilepsy, and it happens. Um, Cameron Boyce, beautiful actor, amazing actor, he died in his sleep. Uh, not too long ago, um, and many people do. It's very scary. That's why even more so you need to control seizures in your sleep. What happens is the brain, the electrical activity in the brain says to the heart, we're done. Right. doesn't send that electricity to keep the heart pumping. That's it. There's nothing you can do. And they don't even doc- – a lot of neurologists don't even talk about it with their patients or family members because even there in the hospital – There is nothing you can do. Yeah. You can stimulate. You can, you can do that, you know, clear and shock the heart. But the brain isn't going to keep it going. Right. Um, this is how, and again, that's a layman's uh, way of explaining sure. it. But it scares the shit out of us as parents because we never want to think about it, but it's in the back of our minds. So anyway, this kid in real life—not my son—but um, he was in a coma, and his dad took the ICU hostage. And just as the SWAT took him away, his son grabbed his hand, and wow. he came out of that. It. Really happened. Really happened. Wow. Dad went to prison for to jail for whatever. I mean, it was time served and whatever. It was very minimum compared to. But he and he had a toy gun. Wow! Because he just he and so that is what I just shot. Wow! On nine one one Lone Star. <clears throat> uh, next Monday, dude. Okay. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I wrapped on Friday, on fr- or, or middle of the week. They're way behind. You know how these shows, some, yeah. some of the shows get behind. Earl, it was, was basically live, I remember. <laughs> I talked much. to Greg Garcia. Like He's like, next oh, week dude, it was yeah. really good. But, um, yeah, it wasn't pickups. It was like, so I've never worked with Rob Lowe before. He was great. Um, but Gina Torres and I had worked on Alias together. And so she and I were in the hospital room. So in addition to that, I get it. And I'm realizing, wow, this is going to be emotional. I have to play this dad. Yeah. And then I said, hey, Tim. What about my son playing the kid in the bed? And he was like, I didn't want to ask, but and I said he just played me in Max Reload and Another Blast. He played a, you know, he he works at Bad Robot. He's in the production with you know JJ is his godfather, and so it's great. Yeah. He loves production and stuff. But he's he's gone in front of the camera a couple times. They he said yeah, if he wouldn't mind. So I'm playing these scenes, pouring my heart out, and it's my son. That's insane. It was insane. It was very therapeutic, though, and it was. Uh, well, I, I, I was it. I don't even know. I don't even know. I just know, I can easily pull up emotion. I know you can too, dude. It's yeah. there's something. But with when, your kid, I can't imagine. It, yeah, it was. It was. But silver lining, making it somehow. He's been through such terrible things in his life, most of which he hasn't remembered, you know, the details of which because you, it's the brain. Yeah. So a seizure, 
somebody has a seizure, they're out of it. It's a blank spot in their memory. It's an editor just removes those, you know, hopefully under two minutes. Right. And then they then they wake up and Ethan Supley's over them going, Jake, yeah. wake up! Yeah. You know, that's like, what you, I'm here, what do you mean? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just blinked. What happened? But uh, it, it, for Jake to have something, not cool, but he's on a set. You know how great it is working. It's just like, it, and with his dad, like we just had a blast Everybody couldn't know this crew. They're the best. I'm so proud. It's it's one of the most emotional things. Um, yeah. So I'm really proud of it. Uh, you'll tell me what you think. Yeah. Uh, and I felt I felt a little too cryy at times because I was just I, I couldn't help it. I was just. But so... I think though that at that point it's real. A little too cryy. This is what you're feeling about your son. I, I don't know. No, it's I don't true. Know if you could be a little bit too cryy in the... that instance with my kids. I go into another – I become a different person when I worry about my kids. I, I wanted to ask, hearing all of this, I have a kid with type 1 diabetes. And this, to us, when we were presented with it, this was the most tragic thing to have ever happened. And And then, you know, you spend some time in a children's hospital and you look around and you go – we don't have it so bad. You want to hear the greatest version of that? The greatest, the the most. Uh, Jake, <clears throat> we're at Sh- we're at uh, Rush Medical Center, and Jake's recovering from uh, brain surgery, and you know that's pretty bad. That, I mean, I I couldn't I couldn't even put mine like yours might be the thing where I'm going like. I didn't have to do that. Yes, you know, yes. like I, so my I version feel of relief. that. Yeah, yeah, my version of that was. It was this young guy. He looked like he was in college, and I saw him around the ward, uh, the PQ, and you know, pediatric ICU. And then I saw, I saw him again. I saw him, again. and I just, you know, you just, and I, we're in the corner room, and uh, just sitting there, just you know, a week goes by, and, and when he, he's going through the whole thing of the the five days leading up to the surgery, and then the surgery, and then the recovery, whatever. So one, and it was like three thirty in the morning. I went downstairs to get a cup of coffee. I couldn't sleep or something, some water, and, and the comp, the cafeteria no one's down there and there's that kid sitting there and i and i went up to him and i just said hey man i've noticed you and my name's greg and he's like hey how are you and i said he goes yeah we're in the room right next to you and i said no 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 you must be no the room right next to us is where they store all the equipment and he goes no that's my son is in the middle of all of that equipment oh and i said what do you mean and he goes he was preemie and he has a, a lung machine, a heart machine, a this machine, a that. All the room. I thought that's where they stored the equipment. There even. was just so much equipment that it, it. It was a storage room for equipment. Right. I would have no. I'm not an idiot. I would yeah. have noticed people going in and out, going boop, boop, boop. Okay, monitor. It was like there was a little baby in the middle of there. Right. I didn't know that. And I thought, okay, I, I, I'm not going to ever say. I can't put my head down and cry because jj right is my best friend since we're five like he's the guy that i turn to he's the closest person in my life really and he's the rock so i would i'd be like going what the fuck and he'd go hey 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 you're the dad yeah cry great but get back in there and be there for your son you know you need somebody in that in your world like that don't go anywhere we'll be right back Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. 
so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This slapped me in the face just as hard, where it was just like, oh, man. I We don't have it so bad. Yeah. And then... In any group, like type 1 diabetes, they have groups of kids that can get together or, or on uh, summer camps. Uh, Camp Chad, uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Chad Rod Chickamonk. I, I, I've obviously said it wrong. That's not Conrad Chickawalk, something. There's a camp. And camp Chick fil A? Something like that. But you go and it's all kids with type 1 diabetes. All the counselors have type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. And they're learning. Dude, my kid was four when she was diagnosed with this. I spent every day at her school outside and then a break would come. I'm checking her blood sugar. I'm giving her a shot. You want to eat wow. something? Four months. I didn't trust. Like, I'm just going to give hand the teacher a bunch of syringes and insulin yeah. and a, yeah. a blood glucose monitor. The first, I, I mean, it, it becomes an obsession with understanding how this thing works and then how to explain it to somebody else so they can do it and how important it like, like, yeah, if her blood sugar goes low, she can die. So like this, you give her a little bit too much insulin in her tiny body dead. Boom. Right. Let's not fuck around with that. And yet spending a minute at the children's hospital and you can't help but see case after case where you're like thank god this is the only thing we have this is what i'm dealing with. i know and then let's talk about in-laws and parents and how they understand and really don't (laughs) because i i mean my in-law i love my in-laws i love my parents they're the greatest but they i can tell in their voice i can tell sometimes when they're like yeah no i'm you know they don't want to be alone with jake god forbid they have a seizure he has a seizure they don't know what to do they and i understand that sure but you get past it they're past it now but at the beginning and also, how many times have you heard, Ethan, you're the greatest dad in the world. How do you do it Yeah, and I'm with like, her diabetes? No, but true. how do you right, do it? Yeah. You're like, what am I supposed to right. do? There's no alternative. There's no here. alternative. And anybody would do it. Yeah. You're a dad. That's it. So tell me, what's it? how old is she now? 16. Okay. So what now? Is she still, she checks her own? Yes. I, I mean. Um, and is she good about it? Yes. 
Yes. There have been times where she wasn't good about it and we would try to like relinquish the responsibility to her and then we would be freaking out like how many times did you test today? Did your yeah. blood sugar go high? Did it go low? And by <clears> the way, she goes to a boarding school now where where it's even so there's even further separation. Yeah. So there's always a little uh, piece of my attention on this aspect of her, right? Which sucks, but it is what it is. I think this is uh, helpful in any situation in life, though, where I go like, God, I have so much to deal with. And and then it's very easy to to open my eyes and look around and go, many others are dealing with much more. Yep. I can do this. This yeah. is not, I got to stop fucking feeling sorry for myself and get my shit together and do what I got to do. Cause nobody else is going to do it. And now she, you know, she has multiple monitors attached to her subcutaneously that are constantly telling her blood sugar, feeding it to her phone. Like the technology has gotten so good. Yeah. When I left the hospital for the first time and she was four, 12 years ago, I was handed a vial of insulin and a bag of syringes and ba and like here's how you test her blood sugar and told like have at it and i had no other data and so i'm reading and by the way my wife and i you know i was raised like everything can be everything is just food like you're eating the wrong food you're doing this like let's not really trust the medical establishment they're going to give you something that's going to cause 12 other problems so our first instance of being told this, I was like, well, we'll just feed her a different food. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, I spent a full day in the hospital with the doctor going, that's not this. That does not work for right. what she has. Right. And I'm like, no, I think you're wrong. And they were like, no, sir. Trust me. You are going to give her insulin. And I'm like, I don't think we want to start down that path. And they're like, motherfucker. Really? Yeah, because I, I didn't understand the difference between type one and type two. And I thought like, God, oh, we, I totally get that. We must have been feeding her too much sugar of is course. what I was thinking. Like, yes. and, and, I, and I'm racking my brain and I'm like, we don't really eat a lot of sugar. What the fuck is happening here? Yeah. But okay, like she's now going to be on keto. That was my thought. And they were like, yeah, she still needs insulin. Yeah. And you can see that. I mean, you see people that are super healthy and you and, and work out and everything and they have type one. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like one of the Jonas kids has type yeah, one. Basketball Joe. players. Like it, yeah. it, it's a totally different thing and 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 then i go into the, the, the like i'm having nutritionists tell me like well we can repair her pancreas and and i believe it you believe these things and you go yes i want that let's do that and i'll spend thousands of dollars here on this nutritionist and then at the end of the day it's like no her body has destroyed her beta cells this would be like some nutritionist telling you 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 lost your hand and he's like i can grow you new fingers yeah and you're like that's not the way it works yeah you know and yeah like i i come to it like as a as a really really heavy guy who lost weight all this excess skin and you're having people tell you like i know the secret to get your skin to catabolize itself and so you'll use it as energy no that's not what your skin can't do that yeah your muscle and your fat is the only thing available to your body to be consumed, right. not your skin. Right. You know. So let can we let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Okay. By the way, no, I want to talk about something else. I okay. want to talk about what this has done for your daughter because 
what this has done for my son. Like you talk about, and me, and I'm me, me, me. And I'm yeah, talking yeah. about me, me, me. Yeah. Let's talk about them for a second. Yeah. She is amazing. And I can tell already, first of all, she's got great parents, but to go through it, and when she sees someone who has an issue, the sympathy and the understanding that she has of these other people, whether she consciously thinks about it or not, is just incredible. Yeah. That's a person you want to marry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I, Jake, I talk to Jake about this all the time. Like, she'll meet, he'll meet somebody and he'll start dating or whatever. And I just, I'm like, Jake, you got to find somebody else who's got a condition because people that have something that they're dealing with, and, and again, it goes back to everybody's got something. I don't care if it's asthma or weight problem or whatever. You just have you have an understanding, and you you just are compassionate. You're yeah. a more understanding, compassionate, wonderful person. No one should have to go through these things. I want that to be true. However, this kid is now super into simulation theory. Oh. She is uh, teeters between nihilism and it's absurdism. And I'm like, you be be whatever you want. Just keep your blood sugar in order. <laughs> like, and she's like, it doesn't matter, Dad. And I'm like, okay. Fine. Oh. It doesn't matter. It's part if it's if it's a simulation, that's part of the simulation. Right. So you want to win this video game we're playing? Keep doing that. And I'm yeah. like, you can have whatever fucking crazy philosophical thoughts you want. You want to read Sartre and Camus and be uh, fucking Kierkegaard and, and like think it's all fucking pointless. Fine. Right. Keep your blood sugar. Right. <laughs> but here's the reality. Yeah. So so um has she had ever had a seizure because of her blood sugar dropping or maybe um she, she did she has had she has gone so low once that we had to use something called glucagon which is and you you we get them isn't that a superhero from yes yeah. it is a superhero it's it's uh comes in like it's like an epipen i suppose in a red box and you open it, it's got a metal and glass syringe, which is like super old school. Wow. And it's full In of- case of emergency yeah. break. Shit. And it's got a glass vial of powder and you and the syringe is preloaded with uh, cl- uh, sterile water. And you pump the, pow- the water into this little vial of powder and pull it out. And that, what it does, glucagon immediately makes your liver release all the stored carbo- uh, glucose. Wow. And- um, and so if her blood sugar gets so low that she can't drink juice or eat anything, you got to give her a shot of glucagon and boom, it kind of brings her right out of it. And she feels like shit. This has happened in 12 years once that yeah, we've had to use that. So, but it was scary. And seizure, I don't know about seizure, but like she was borderline unconscious when we had to give her that. And it yeah. was fucking one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. Ever. And and uh, so Jake's had thousands of seizures, and uh, we're talking from tonic-clonic. By the way, we don't use the term uh, grand mal anymore yeah. for many years okay. because grand mal literally translates to the big evil. <laughs> People right. thought these people were possessed back in the day right, right? so get out satan exactly get out satan there's some there's some evil spirit inside that person no um that along with many other myths you never stick anything in anyone's mouth when they're having a seizure it is impossible for that person to choke on their own tongue right. that is impossible i will say it again impossible right i always heard spoons a yes. wallet your hand but not your hand because you go on it. ebay they, they call them seizure sticks they're still selling these fucking things that could kill people right you don't do that don't stick anything including your finger if somebody is eating and they start having a seizure while they have food in their mouth before they start 
tonic-clonic activity. Tonic is tightening, clonic is shaking or, or ver- reverse, whatever it is. But that it's tonic-clonic. Your tongue is one of the most powerful muscles in your body. That, your tongue, eh, your tongue, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, uh, Contract. Contracts. So it's not going to go back in your throat. Right. You're not going to choke. But if they have food, get that food out of their mouth if you can. You can swipe it, but... Don't stick your because they, they might in that in the course of having a seizure bite your finger off. Yeah. Don't stick anything in there. If you stick something in there and they bite that off, they could choke on that. Right. So you wanna you wanna um the basic thing is to just make sure they first of all, no one's gonna just drop to the ground. You're gonna see their head's gonna bob, they're gonna they're gonna repeat themselves or they're gonna stare. Now you know they're having a seizure. Grab them and ease them to the ground. Put them on their side because even their saliva they could drown, and if you know if it goes and, and blocks their uh, their airway, so put them on their side so that anything c- goes out. Put one leg over the other so they can't flop back on their back, and put something soft under their head because their head is gonna. I, I unfortunately I can't even count the number of times that I had to go to school. You talk about school, and I would get a page and it would say school district on it, and that's Ugh. the worst. And then I would call, and they would say, yeah, Jake had a seizure. He's out in the yard. And I'm like, where is he? He's still out. We can't touch him because for legal reasons. Right. God forbid they break his neck. This is what they think. So I'm like, you're leaving him there? I mean, I got to, you know, the football injury where you got the, you know, under your, you know. Uh, yeah. Did you have that? Did you ever have that? I didn't have that, but I know exactly. Yeah, the well, line under the chin. The line under the chin. Well, when you crack your head, he he's had that. And so one time, a, many, a couple of times, I had arrived at school, and he's on the ground kind of coming out of it and it's pool of blood everywhere and they're like yeah we didn't want to touch him and i'm like what is wrong most all teachers are just a- incredible heroes and they they do the best they can but there have been some situations where i'm like what are you doing come yeah. on i mean and the just- difference between a like a really good confident nurse at a school and somebody who's timid and and like just scared of the bureaucracy of it is night and day and i've had both and yeah. and you know i guess it is ultimately up to us with our kids the decisions we make but like we have we have gone away from schools just because it's like this nurse doesn't i don't feel confident leaving my kid and like at the end of the day i understand my kids a bit more responsibility than the average kid but so that's what we need yeah i mean we've we transferred jake from one school district to another we had to we live out in the valley, and one was LA Unified, and the other was uh, Las Virginis, right? right? And we had to because LA Unified didn't have the funding to have a nurse on staff all the time, two days a month. Yeah. So I'd wake up and go, hey, Jake, you're going to have a seizure. Today's the day. Right. The nurse is there. We couldn't do that. So they couldn't give us what we need, so we permitted out, permitted in. Again, like you're saying, it goes to what I said about run. Don't – you have to be your own best advocate. You just have to be smart about it. And if, if a doctor says, well, you know what? At least your daughter's only having two, three seizures. Or my, to me, at least your son's down to two, three seizures a month. No, that's not acceptable. We're talking about brain development. Yeah. They say the first seven years is brain development. After that, they're fully developed. Uh, no, I don't believe. I'm still developing, you know, synapses and connections, and we, we still do. And, um, you know, if, if you have damage in your brain, your brain finds a way to rewire and, and rework. And that's why it's so fascinating. So you need to get as close to seizure freedom, they call it. As possible, just do talk to another doctor. By the way, neurologists—they all want to help. They really do. You're not going to offend a neurologist. Things are moving so quickly in medicine. I'm sure diabetes is the same way. If you say I'm going to get a second opinion, 
get it. Yeah. The doctor's not going to be like, oh, you don't trust me. You'll never hear that. Yeah. They are fascinated to hear because they're moving so quickly. They're treating so many people. They can't all go to that thing in Vegas or the thing in Santa Monica where all the doctors get together and they discuss their stuff or read all the journals when they come out. So get do what you need to do. But don't you think like and, and, and I – I tend to take everything back to diet, health, mm-hmm. for myself, how I'm going to use it, what I'm going to do. And it, and it sounds like this um, is what you did with your kid, what I've done with my kid. But I think there's <clears throat> a lot of – and what I do with diet, there's a lot of uh, like I enter into a situation where I just go, I feel, I feel hopeless – and I'm just going to do – I'm just going to latch on to the first thing I hear and do that. And then it's like if that starts grinding, I'll dig in and go like, no, this is the thing. Yeah. And it, and I have found <clears throat> more often than not the idea of getting a second opinion, the idea of trying something else, the idea of going, this isn't as ideal as it could be. I'm going to improve this. How do I improve this? Well, I gather more data. I, I educate myself more. I talk to more people. I talk about it. I'm – open the more open and interested we yes. are the better we can make this because i don't think anything is one size fits all you're talking about something with the brain mm-hmm. and it's like how little we understand about that we can get we can get to an ideal situation but if we just go like well i'm fucked it sucks and it's just going to be awful and hard same with diabetes like there's a number of ways you can go to treat diabetes. There's different gadgets they can hook onto you. You can use a, a a syringe. You know, we haven't used a syringe in eons because um, she now has a little pump that mm-hmm. is like a basically an artificial pancreas. Right. Um, this is revol. I, I had a cousin when I was a kid with type one diabetes, and and at the time his life fucking sucked because you know this is 35 years ago. The the they didn't know what the they were doing really they they just got a shot of insulin every day you know yeah. it wasn't like let's calculate how many grams of carbohydrates you're eating at every meal and give you a dose exactly for that and then give you a basal dose too like that that wasn't happening and then with diet it's like it's it's very easy to just go like um, I'm gonna cut out bread or I'm gonna cut out lectins or I'm gonna go carnivore or I'm gonna go vegan it's like okay but if you're just going to stop there and that's it, mm-hmm. like, what are you trying to achieve? How, how, you know, I think I think the openness and the the getting more data, I think it's I think it's really a good way to go. Absolutely. On even if it's just a casual conversation, I was talking to a guy on a crew. We're shooting and he goes, hey, by the way, uh, thanks for everything you do for epilepsy. I was like, oh, he's like, I have seizures and stuff. And um, I, he, a little thing. I, I love to run. and So Jake is a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo, right? right? He's just, uh, and um, did you work with Simon Ree? Uh-uh. You know Simon, don't you? Uh-uh. He really, oh, he's, a, uh, he's incredible. Jake studies with him. And, okay. But anyway, um, this guy said, when, you, when Jake runs, just tell him. He doesn't know my son at all, but we were having a conversation. And he goes, what I've found is, you know, and it goes back to the hyperventilating. If you're running, running, running walk so like you and i can run do the mile and then we can stop no right. problem jake can't he's got to run and then just walk it off so that his heart rate goes down slower right. and it helped that little conversation i had yeah. when jake was in little league right i was like dude if you're if you crush the ball and you get a triple just take a second call timeout, and just walk a little bit so you can get that 
little information. I mean, it, I'm just telling you, it's it's you're a hundred percent right. That's it, why I love doing this, and I yeah. love I like I want to talk to vegans. I want to talk to carnivore people. I want to talk to everybody. I'm interested because, like, if that guy says one thing that worked for one person. Then we've benefited. We've all benefited. Yeah. And if I can steal something from anybody, I'm fucking stealing it. If it works for me, I'm using it. Yes. And Jake, and, and so let's go back to diet. Jake has been as, you know, car, he just cuts all bad carbs. He has done it for a while. I know for me, I have never done hard drugs or anything, never. But I can tell you something. When I have sugar, or some car, you know, carbs or whatever, like bad carbs, you know. I, I mean, I, every day I'm having salads and I'm having vegetables and all that, but that's where I get my carbs. If I, I it's like I'll just lay on the couch and I'm like comatose. Like it must be what heroin feels like. It's not quite as good, but it's not far off. Right. It's that it, the dopamine that goes yeah. off in your brain where you're like, oh man. So Jake, I'm telling you, if I'm if I if that stuff's poison for me or I'm addicted to that stuff or or whatever. It's your kids are the same way. Yeah. So he has cut that out of his diet. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. He will not. And also certain spices or whatever. And again, no one size fits all for sure. Other people might be able to just consume it and burn it. And, and it doesn't affect them neurologically. But Jake, he does not have any white bread, any, you know, and, and then we'll have, you know, the keto bombs and the things like that. And he even stays shies away from some of that stuff. But it helps if he yeah. wants a little treat. He'll have that. And again, know? like. This is fucking whatever works for him is yes. valid. I think we we fall apart. You know, it's become very trendy to bash religion and say like more people have been killed in the name of religion than anything else. And I go like, is that true or is it the imposition of one's will that has killed more people? Because we can apply that to Hitler, who was an atheist, and mm-hmm. Mao, who was anti-religion, and Stalin, and all these people. And then we can go back to the Crusades and say, like, was it religion or was it just the imposition of will going, my structure is the best for everyone, so I'm going to do war to bring my structure to you. So I just go, like, I have no interest in, like, Here's the absolute truth that I'm going to apply outwardly to everyone else. Keto is it. That's it. Everybody should be keto. Or veganism is it. Everybody yeah. must be veganism. Because this, to me, is is as much of an imposition of will yeah. as whatever any guy who's doing war is doing. I mean, granted, there's no army mil- militia or military behind right. keto or veganism. Right. But, but like the idea is the same. What m- my value is should be your value. I go, no. How does your value work for me? That's it. That's as far as I can use it. If your value has functioned for me, good. Or elements of your value. Right. Or, yeah, minutia or nuance to your value. Absolutely. But when we get into this thing of like, and it could be anything, what I think is right, and and I just go like, I want to hear what you think is right. I'm interested because maybe I could use it. But every time I hear it's it's an absolute right for you too, I go like I'm out. I know some like devout Christians yeah. who have never once made me feel as though I'm wrong for not being a devout Christian. But I also know some devout atheists who have 
literally made me feel like a piece of shit because I don't hold necessarily the same value structure. It, this is a religious point of view that these yeah. atheists have. Yeah, I know. Look, I went to Israel and and I'm Jewish, right? And I went to Israel and I was I had these guys in Israel telling me that I'm not Jewish, right? Not not Jewish enough. Yeah. Literally say, yeah. you're not Jewish because right. you don't do what I do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And every religion has that. Sure. If you're not as extreme, whatever. I really believe, though, that it goes back to them. I think with diet, with anything, if, 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 I, if I say, this is the way to do it, I'm validating what I've done. Yeah. And if you question it or you're just going to take a little bit of it, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You must take all. Because it's worked for me. And, and if you question it, maybe I'll question. It's deep. It's like saying, I, you know, no, no, no. It, it, it's a self-confidence thing. Yeah. You know, and it's a lack of control thing. It's like, wait, you're going to find a way to take a little bit of what I do? No, this is where – like some people asking me, they're like, how are you losing this weight? I'm like, well, dude, I have one – Right now, I'm doing. I'm cooking one meal for myself a day, and then it's going to be two, and then three. But that one meal, I measure, I weigh my protein, I weigh my vegetables, I weigh. So I don't overindulge. I don't. I'm not a glutton for you know. I'm a glutton for punishment. Sure. Certain times, but I don't just go crazy. Like yeah, I love octopus, but seven ounces. That's or six and a half, six and a half ounces. That's what I'll have. Yeah. And it's enough. Right. And when you shrink your stomach and you get like all the other elements fall into place, but there is no absolute. I love what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's it. And and I wish we were all like that. But I do too. Yeah, I, I I like I don't nothing that I believe is true in, in a sense of values, not in a sense of like <laughs> we can prove that this thing exists in front of me, that this material object exists. We can prove that it exists. What you want to do with it. Yeah. How you use it, how you value it, what it means to you. Yeah. Completely subjective. Yeah. So, like, I believe that light travels as a particle in a wave at about 300,000 kilometers per second. Right? Who fucking cares? <laughs> like, what value does that, does that mean at right. the end of the day? Any of these things. Any of these scientific things. Okay, good. This is science doesn't tell us what it what we want it to be. It tells us what is period end of story. And then we construct these values. And it's like I'm interested in hearing things because I'm interested in people and I'm interested in it. And it and I love talking about diet because I've done tons of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And because I think I can take little bits and pieces like octopus. I'm going to fucking make octopus. And by the way, I love eating octopus. I've never once cooked it because it's scary to cook because it'll seize up on you. It's not easy. <laughs> right, right. Right. You know right. what I mean? It's like Dude, you got to boil it, it and then grill it. Oh, my God. I want to do it. We got to do it together. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah. I mean, I you know, it's a little. Yeah. But I I could not agree with you more. And people like now, they're asking me, like, how did you do it? How'd you do it? I'm like, they're like, well, I'm going to try this thing. I'm like, then do it. Yeah. Do it. Whatever it is. Because they all work. Right. You want to lose weight? All these programs, all these things work when you do them. That's it's, it. But it's also the shift to what I'm fascinated by with you is how you have maintained. Yeah, and you that's keep the biggest... looking better and you keep feeling better. And I'm really, that is the hardest thing because you and I have, we've done this a number of times. You yeah. haven't done this, but you've done. I've you, done versions. Versions. Yeah. I, you know, I, I actually, I've been thinking about this a lot too. And this is a good thing to talk about because. Um, 
there's a lot. It's not just one thing because I talk about maintenance a lot. And mm-hmm. I think maintenance is really important because we do at the end of a diet come to a point where it's like, well, I'm not dieting anymore. What am I doing? You cannot diet forever because that's starving and you die. Right. Um, so what am I doing? Let's get into maintenance. Let's figure it out. You're eating in a certain way. You're learning what your relationship is with food. This is really important. I got to say. This, what you and I are doing right now, talking about it, this is another really important thing for me because I am now accountable to everyone who's listening. Yeah. It's a big fucking deal. I want to, I don't know how, I want to arrange for, I don't know if it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter where you can just talk to other people once you get to where you want to get to. Yeah. To 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 have that momentum, to have that buy-in of like, now I'm from a point of, I've done this. How do I keep doing it? I'm going to talk to somebody else. You know, in AA, they have sponsors. Being a sponsor is a big deal. It's yeah. very helpful. So there's not only it's helpful for the sponsor as well. That's what I mean. Yes. Like, I'm now going to help you because I come from a point of, uh, whatever elevated status because I've achieved some goal, whatever. I don't really think in those terms, but yeah. like yeah. just being able to give somebody else advice or talk to somebody about their problems or just listen to somebody else yeah. is a big deal. So I think there's some version of that. Cause I don't want to discount the fact that I talk to people about this a couple times a week now yeah. and that helps me. Yeah. Don't think I'm fucking altruistic here. I agree. I, I, like, Dude, you're fucking selfish is yes, what you are. This conversation is m- me getting time to go like, I'm buying in again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it's true. And and uh, and again, you don't have to be in the same place at the same time. One Going back to, to you know, any condition, they'll say, oh, this is a support group. And you sit in that support group. So they were like, you know, Jake, maybe the family, we sh- you should sit around with other people that have epilepsy or other people that have that in, your, in their family. And we sat, we went to one meeting. It was like there was a kid in a wheelchair. There was the, the, another person said, my kid's been seizure-free for 17 years. I'm like, my kid had a seizure this morning. Right. Like, and, and it's very intimidating. But with this, with eating healthy and, and just staying on track, we all are tempted. Dude, Mother's Day just happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's cake and this and cheesecake. Brunch. And Brunch is a big deal Brunch on Mother's is, Day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I did. I personally, just because I'm in this great place right now, of really, I see and I want to lose another 40 pounds. I want I didn't have anything. But then the next day, my son comes over, and I was like, all right, so I had something, and I have somebody that I'm accounted to. Yeah. I called David. David was like, so what? Yeah. And and by the way, in Cannonball Run, there's a scene. You remember that movie? Yeah. Okay. There's a scene where the Italian guy gets in the car, and a guy gets in the car with him, and he grabs the rearview mirror, and he shakes it off and breaks it off, throws it out, and the guy looks at him, and he goes, what is behind me is not in the front of me, <laughs> yeah. which is so the way that you should really live your life when it comes to stuff like this. You can't control what you just did. All you're doing is punishing yourself. Go straight ahead. You can only do things about – you can only influence and affect what's in front of you. So yeah. so wh- why dwell in the past? You know, And, and um, we all look at that. I mean I weigh myself every morning. I never used to do that. I love the days when – like so for – I, I didn't weigh myself this morning because I was like, all right, two days ago I had something I shouldn't. So I'm like, I'm going to give myself a couple days because I want to see the yeah. scale go down. You of know course. those tricks. Oh, my God. But if it works, it works. Whatever works for you. So talking with other people, I completely agree. There's a um, 
the barstool guys do this uh this uh his name's large he's great and he does this thing called um uh i forgot what it's called but anyway friday every day uh every friday at 11 o'clock and we get on twitter spaces you know where it's like the it's like clubhouse yeah and 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 we and they're all big guys and people come on with questions and they're like what do you weigh and if they weigh too little he's like kick them off and it's right. great oh right? that's it's, awesome it's really awesome and I'm getting there. Like, my picture changed on Twitter, and they're like, what's going on, Grunny? I don't yeah. understand. Like, you're we- you're going to get excised from that group. <laughs> and I'm like, excise me. Yeah. But, dude, if you're serious, I would love to be a part of that. Yeah. Just- it can be, like, by the way, it could be a channel for talk about it, because that's really what it yes. is. I wanted to say, like, the grip, I think, who, who gave you that suggestion, yeah. that you, if you go back and tell that guy, hey, that really helped me. That fucking is so valuable for him. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, the idea of helping people, and and I do believe, uh, to some degree, we do all these things selfishly, a little bit, you know? Like, I'm not saying I'm purely selfish. I want to see others benefit from this conversation, but there is part of me that's going like, no, this is helping me. For sure. Dude, you can't do, don't you feel like, oh shit, if you gain the weight back, it's a disaster. You can't like, do this anymore. So, I mean, th- a thousand times more embarrassing than I was at 500 pounds. Right. Although the the, the name that of the show would apply. Right. It yeah. Really well, then it would that. just be it would just be where did I eat last night? You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I would have to get creative with that. That's right. The tacos on Western and Melrose are fantastic. They're incredible. There's a little gas station parking lot. The trucks pull up. The uh, do you remember the, remember the movie Fatso? Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies. Yeah. That that conversation where they're like they start off with just a little tea junior can you get a little tea it's like you put a little honey in the tea oh, honey oh honey you know what i like with honey a little bit of apple slice you ever have an apple slice he's like peanut butter i put peanut butter on apples oh i like peanut butter with it and it just builds 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 until it's just this conversation and then they tear the cabinets up and they start eating i mean i am but i'm not afraid of that like yeah. to sit around it's normal yeah it normalizes it and it's the accountability of it you were talking about aa the, the idea that there's sponsors, but remember, your sponsor has a sponsor. Yeah, it's 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 the ultimate pyramid. Yeah, it, it's like there's nothing wrong with it. Right, you have to find the right person. The guy that I talk to, David, he's like I'm on the phone with him every Tuesday morning for about thirty seconds. Right, how's it going? It's going good. How how was yesterday? It was great. Okay, good. I'll talk to you next week. Yeah, as opposed to you know. If it was somebody that I just, I'm like, I don't want to talk to this person. It's, it, I mean, I think practically it really is when it's running, it's running. But then there are moments where you're like, I don't really know what to do about this. And you're going to figure it out better for yourself just by talking to somebody else. Like the answer will most likely come to you yeah. just by saying it out loud to another person. Here's what I'm running into. Yes. Here's the trouble I'm having. And yeah. Then, oh, yeah. What's happening there? Oh, yeah. And. Could you do something different? What else could you do? Okay, boom. And you have your solution. I like that's pretty much how simple it has to be. Yeah. Or how true. simple it could be. If I grab this audio, I don't need to do my episode of talk about it. We I'll can just do, use we'll just it. Share it. Yeah. yeah let's share it. Yeah. It's perfect. Um no, I, I, I really find that to be the case. I find it I, and I'm and I'm finding it more and more as we talk about other areas of my life of our lives. You know, look, you don't like is your your wife's not an actor. No. Yeah, mine either. God God forbid. That would be the worst. disaster. And yet, there are little moments where I'm like, 
I just wish she understood right. what, it, you know, because the rejection and this and that. Why didn't I get this role? What happened? It's not like she goes, why didn't you get that role? Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about? Like, there's that understanding. And it just can, it, it, again, like you said, just hearing somebody else say, you don't even have to say, me too. But in your head, you're, you're, you're hearing, me too. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I, I can relate. I relate. I get yeah. it, man. It's a, it's a trippy, it's a trippy thing. Yeah. yeah. Granny. Thank you so much. Oh, man, I love you. It's been a uh, joyous conversation. Oh, you're the greatest. And thank you for doing this. I mean, I know this is really successful, and everybody, a lot of people, you know, you have such a great audience. But it really, it, it, and and I hate patting you on the back or whatever and being altruistic about it, but you really are helping so many people with this conversation. And and great, just know I'm helping myself first. I know. I I really am. I, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I really am. Yeah, and I find it. It's, it, you know, it, it, you can really, if you think about the beginnings of this podcast, didn't you ever think, well, this is going to be just repetitive. I'm going to be talking about the same shit over and over again. You're not, man. You I, have never done it. I can, I, I really think I could talk to 10 vegans and get 10 different, totally different. Like, I just think, I sometimes think like, it's so narrow. We're just talking about diet. And then I go like, but everybody eats differently. Yeah. I don't know one person who eats the same, you know, like. My house, I have four kids and a wife. Like, you get everybody together and you go, what do you want to eat? It's going to be a fist fight. You know what I mean? Like, nobody eats the same. We, By the way, let's do another episode where we talk about that. Yeah, that's a whole episode. I wanted to dig into, I forgot to ask you that, going with, you know, having done what you've done and now knowing all and just being so much more knowledgeable about nutrition and, and diet and exercise and everything, has it trickled down? Oh yeah, I don't want to talk about it now. Oh yeah, if you that's will a, have me back, that's a great conversation. Because, man, I can't tell my son one thing. He, it's that dad, it, it, the label of dad, immediately disregard what I, I mean. They're very respectful and and they're smart kids, but the, immediately they're like, you don't know what the hell you're talking. About. My, my yeah. sons are baseball players. One's at college, one's at high school. I mean, they're doing it. If I say one little thing about. Their approach at the bat with, you don't know what the Shut fuck up. you're talking. Shut yeah. the fuck up. You don't know, Dad. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. My favorite is from my youngest, Grace. Um, I always get told that the the high school boys uh, who lift weights at her school are all much more muscular than me, and she is totally, totally serious. And I'm like, really? Okay. <laughs> oh okay, God. Grace. If that's what you believe. And she's like, no, I don't mean it as an insult, Dad. But, yeah, they're a lot bigger than you. Like, they're way bigger and way stronger. What is she talking about? I don't know. But this is, like, to your point of, like. Does she go to school at the L.A. Zoo? Like, what is she talking about, dude? and they're not. In fairness, I've seen pictures of all these boys, and they're muscular. But, like, I'm a big dude. Yes. Uh, You know? And and it's just, like, not even. Well, we're talking about over 100 pounds of difference in each case. Right. Like, not possibly right in the same universe right. and she just totally believes she looks at these boys and she's like one day my dad will be like that and i'm like okay do you know why because your dad that's right that's it that's it dude thanks granny thank you oh my pleasure and now for the q a this is a question for you from someone named ruby hi ruby hey ruby we can be pretty sure is a chick i think so nice ruby says dear ethan thank you for the podcast you hooked me with your intro, food for entertainment, food for sport, food for fuel. Listening to you and your guests have helped me understand that everyone has to make conscious decisions about diet and exercise. My question is, how do you or did you deal with food for comfort? 
stressed, emotional, or overwhelmed, I find myself wanting to comfort myself with food. Any sage advice you can provide? Yeah. uh, Thank you, Ruby. I have that too. It is really tough. I was actually just talking to my wife about this and um, I have gotten to a place where I can comfort myself and and listen, I'll be real honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm about, about to talk about like uh, enlightened ice cream, which is low calorie ice cream. And they have like a keto version too for keto peeps. Um, or Halo Top, which I think is very similar, but I prefer enlightened. Um, my kids think it it tastes like dog shit, if I'm being totally honest. I think it's fantastic. So... If I go to the store and I'm like on maintenance, which means I get a little bit more food and I go like, yeah, I'm going to grab some enlightened and I buy like eight pints of it. I will eat enlightened pretty much for eight days straight. And then I'll go like, I'm not going to buy that for a little bit. So, um, and this is all within my eating. I'm not like binging on diet ice cream, but I can, I can be comforted by that in the same way that I was comforted by, you know, a trip through a drive through previously. Um, it's just a lot less calories. I don't, I don't want to be comforted by it. I want to get to a place where I'm not using food as an emotional crutch. Uh, but I still do from time to time. And, um, and I've just been able to find like that I can, find stuff that's still within the boundaries of what I'm eating that has, that can have that effect. Um, so while at the same time I will go for many months without having stuff like that, um, if I'm, if I'm cutting or on a a fat loss phase, then I'm, I'm really, there's no, there's no room for comforting food. Um, and so I'm trying to, trying to look for other things to comfort me and I'll find it by going to the gym or going for a walk or playing with my kids or talking with my wife or just something else that has nothing to do with food. And then sometimes, uh, when I can, I'll find myself, you know, tucked into an episode of TV with a pint of enlightened and really going like, man, this is nice. And, uh, and I think that's okay. Occasionally, um, because I'm really trying to get into moderation, but I have a lot of history with using food in an inappropriate manner. And when I say inappropriate, I mean inappropriate to my own goals. And so I try to stay away from doing that, but I fully understand the desire to do that. And I I don't know your story. Um, but if you're, if you're in a part of your program where you're, you're, you're lacking comfort in food, I would really turn to physical activity or talk with a friend or, you know, go, go look at art or something like that, that isn't, um, that doesn't have anything to do with food and try to try to find something that's comforting outside of food. I mean, like for me, that's, that's a very important thing to do because of my decades of, um, you know, 
having food as one of my only comforts. Uh, thank you for the question, Ruby. I really appreciate it. If you have a question you would like me to answer on the show, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 